Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks, that's, that's where it all starts, because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in to Sox on Tap After Dark. Been a while since we've done this, but the White Sox win a wild, wonky, weird one out in Oakland. Most important thing is we are having victory beers, my friend. How you doing, Tony? We are having victory beers, Johnny. Cheers. Uh, little Oakland Knights. Uh, it's, it's, it's not often, and I would say it's never been done in this show, where we're talking late night White Sox baseball. With a uh, with a winning game in Oakland, Johnny. So I will enjoy this one. I think just as much as you will. How are you doing? I'm good, uh, Tony. I, I agree with what you said. Uh, the last time we were really talking about Oakland, obviously they played at uh, the South Side earlier this year, and last time was mostly day games uh, with those playoff series last year. So, um, and obviously outcome of that not uh, did not go uh, the way that we wanted to. So, uh, obviously better start to this one tonight. Um, White Sox take this game six to three. Uh, you and I have talked at length before, uh, during that, like I said, that series back on the South side about how much we despise the Oakland A's, uh, just because maybe childhood memories of White Sox shitting games away out there in Oakland. But, uh, th- this was a fun one, uh, to be a part of, and uh, I'm glad you and I are here to discuss it. Absolutely, Johnny. I think that uh, for all of the shitty nights that we've gone through, staying up late, watching the White Sox play baseball games in the Oakland Coliseum, um, you know, just all of the the things that we've gone over uh, previously on the show about why we hate that place. There were some elements that we're going to get into tonight as to why we hate this place, um, but it's just good to come out on top. It's good to be talking about a White Sox winner. Don't even care what the time says on the clock right now. Uh, I know that the, you know a lot of our our brethren are are fast asleep already and probably won't hear this till tomorrow morning. But it's it's great to be up and talking about this with you, Johnny, and still enjoying beers. Yeah, the, it's Sox on tap after dark. Uh, we know. Yeah, me and Tony are the night owls of the crew, so that's who you're going to get here uh, on this uh, Oakland series here. Um, and if, you know, whenever the White Sox go out west, uh, we were on that uh, Seattle uh, duty earlier this season uh, when they were out there playing them. So uh, good to be on talking about this with you, Tony. Um, Let's start from the top. I know there is a headline here um, regarding a certain uh, White Sox player being hit uh, as a consequence of the weird uh, sort of stadium setup in Oakland. But I'd be remiss if we don't start with this because uh, I think a lot of us chat on this guy uh, going into this game, not feeling too confident. But how about Jimmy Lambert? Five innings pitched tonight, three hits, one earned run, two walks, two strikeouts. Tony, this is the best outcome that you possibly could have gotten from Jimmy Lambert. It absolutely is, Johnny. And I think, you know, with with Jimmy Lambert uh, coming in, making another spot start for the White Sox this year, I had no faith 
uh, honestly, coming into this game with with him on the mound, as far as him being able to go deep into a ball game and and really control things, just because of what we've seen from Jimmy Lambert so far this year. But you know, honestly, you could not ask for more tonight. You, you couldn't. Uh, I know things for him got a little touchy in the first inning, uh, but other than that, I mean, he put it on cruise control, and uh, you know, he got through uh, five innings. Uh, you only get out of there with uh, one run, and I, I, he put the White Sox in a position to win tonight. You cannot ask for more. Uh, Oakland's a good baseball team, and Jimmy Lambert pitched well. Um, you, know, you had to go to the bullpen a little bit longer than what you would have wanted to, but for all intents and purposes, he got the job done, and it's good to see a kid who has struggled you know, somewhat in, in the major leagues uh, go get that done for you. So, you know, here it is another next man up type mentality thing for the White Sox. And I think it's awesome that Lambert was, uh, was able to get the job done tonight because it was a well-deserved, uh, you know, time for him to get that done. And, uh, I'm happy with it. Right. You are too. I, I just bring that up because coming into this one, the other spot starts are much shorter. And granted, uh, some of those were, uh, you know, part of a double header. So seven inning games, so you're not, you know, expecting that, that much longer. But either way, they were around three, three and a third inning starts uh, for his other spot starts. Other one was a little bit of a, you know, um, multi, maybe, you know, inning in a third or two thirds out of the bullpen. That's all he's had at the major league level this year, been starting down in Charlotte. So, uh, you know, 498 ERA down in Charlotte, nine ERA coming in this one. Granted, limited sample size, only like eight inning total uh but you know locked in after allowing you know obviously you said a little bit dicey in the first inning uh even to start the second inning uh, allowing a couple base runners but we got a good comment here from george on youtube says he really settled down after he started attacking the batter absolutely was just about to make that point you made it right there for me that's exactly what he did went after the hitters and let his defense behind him play defense and that is what they did uh and jimmy lambert was able to cruise through uh the second half uh of his outing essentially so um that does it for uh starting pitching there uh, great job by Jimmy Lambert there. Um, let's go into this is the second storyline, Tony. We have to we have to talk about this. Um, Eloy Jimenez, second inning. Uh, White Sox are up, you know, one or tie, tie game, one one at this time. Andrew Vaughn up at the plate, rockets a line drive into the White Sox dugout, and obviously Oakland Coliseum does not have any barricades in front of the dugout. What does it do? Finds seeing eye line drive comes through uh, into the dugout. Everyone seemingly everyone else gets out of the way. Eloy Jimenez sitting on the bench nails him uh, in, in the right knee, and it's a scary sight at first, Tony. Very scary sight at first, Johnny. And you're, you've got to be you've got to be lying to me if you didn't think like, okay, here we go again. My first thoughts exactly. Like if, if you're a White Sox fan and you've been tuned into this. You're thinking, here we go again. Another freak incident injury uh, that's going to, you know, cost the White Sox, you know, week, two weeks or, or, or longer of one of your star players um, going down. There's been too many incidents this year to not have that cross your mind right away. That's where my mind went, especially because he was on the ground. I know you made some light of it uh, on the uh, on the old Twitter.com um, and uh, the the the. Uh, I'll let you explain it because it's just it it's it, it's kind of funny now, and I think they touched on it on the broadcast. If uh, if he wasn't okay, so, things let, wouldn't be funny. But let, it was let, it was funny. It was. Funny. Let's get the news out here first because this is a late game. Some people may not have stayed up, watched the whole thing, don't know the full story here of the updates that came later. So Eloy Jimenez got hit, and that was in the top of the second inning. Uh, you know, he went down to the ground in the dugout. There was rolling around a little bit. That's where I took the screenshot. Is what I will refer later in here. But he was kind of on the ground holding his knee. Uh, but then 
gets back up and talk to him a little bit. Says he's fine. Goes out there, plays defense for three more half innings. Plays out in left field, made at least one catch I can remember. Um, he also took two more at-bats. Uh, he was out in his first at-bat, but then he let off the top of the fifth inning with a single, which ended up being, which we will get into with the fifth inning. Uh, he, he would end up coming around to score. This would be a good inning for the White Sox. But when he came around home plate, uh, he had to slide into the plate. And as he was getting up, looked like he was favoring his right leg a bit, limping a bit. And when the White Sox go out to take the field in the bottom of the fifth, Eloy Jimenez was not there. Brian Goodwin replaced him. Andrew Vaughn shifted over to left. Okay, so that's the news. Let's get into the meme part of it, because this was in between him exiting the game and, you know, this event happening when it did in the top of the second. Uh, that screenshot I took, he's on the ground and he's holding his knee. And, you know, my one of my favorite shows of all time, probably my most watched show of all time is Family Guy. It's the first thing you think of, even if you're not a big Family Guy fan. Peter Griffin on the ground. <sighs> I put them side by side. That was a meme. Um, it it, it was fantastically it, done, Johnny. I gotta say, like there yeah, was there I, was there was there was some things there. I thought, you know, maybe for a while, you know, he was gonna make it through the end of the game. And, and we can get into this discussion too of whether or not um, we're concerned about the injury yeah. or if this is more precautionary. I felt it let it, it kind of leaned more on the precautionary side. Yes. You know, he took, he took the ball off of the leg near the knee area. Uh, I think it was high shin. Um, but right. yeah, right, right knee. Yeah. Right knee contusion, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, it, you go up in this ball game, and you're probably replacing Eloy Jimenez uh, at some point. Maybe at not some early, point, yeah, yeah, maybe not that early, but at some point, you're replacing him in left field uh, with whoever else is available off the bench to to come in and, and handle that. And obviously, uh, you make the change to uh, to Goodwin, and he slots into right, and uh, that that moves. Uh, who was that? Andrew Vaughn yeah. over to left. And I think that that was the right move for the ball game anyway. And we can talk about, you know, the the luck or the magic of Tony La Russa and, <laughs> and how that plays out later in the game. Uh, but I just think, you know, that at this point in time with the White Sox and the injuries, Johnny, better safe than sorry. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. And the official diagnosis then, uh, Eloy Jimenez exited that game with a right knee contusion. That's a bruise uh, in, in non-fancy medical terms. And uh, the x-rays were negative. So that is all the updates we have right now. He is day-to-day. That's all we have on Eloy Jimenez. Let's get into this game action here, Tony, because those are a couple storylines. I know a few more uh, weird shit that kind of went on in this game later, but let's get into the storylines here. Uh, First inning, White Sox start off hot. Robert leads off single. Moncada doubles. Abreu's hit by a pitch again. Uh, You know, this is just the theme of White Sox players getting hit by the ball in various circumstances tonight. Uh, But after Eloy struck out, Grandall walks. Uh, that brings in first run of the game. Feeling good. Uh, you only got one out here. Bases loaded. Uh, Sheet strikes out. Garcia lines out. And a little bit disappointing at this point, Tony. Uh, you have the bases loaded at one point with nobody out. And you only score one run. Uh, it felt like a that so White Sox inning and a very Oakland Coliseum White Sox inning. Shout out to Brandon Stokes. Um, he, he mentioned that about the Oakland Coliseum, and I agree wholeheartedly uh, based on our past uh, kind of uh, rapport on the show over that, Tony. Yeah, I do as well, but I'll also say this. I think it was important that they at least scratched one across the plate there. You, you obviously want to see more. I want to see crooked numbers. We all know crooked numbers are cool and tough. Um, and, you know, giving your starting pitcher a multi-run lead to come out there in the first inning, especially 
especially being Jimmy Lambert, I think would have been even more beneficial for his night. Uh, but you know what? It, it, we've struggled in the in these situations all year. Uh, we've seen it. You, you say that so White Sox. I think it was important that they got one run across the plate, and I want to just talk about the importance of Yasmani Grandal in this lineup, um, just doing it right there because if, if you – Come out of that inning, Johnny, and I don't, and you don't get anything. I think that this ball game goes a different way, and you know, I would have loved to have two, three get scratched across there in the first, but you only get one, and Yasmani Grandal gets it done via the walk. Like those are gift runs for you. Um, at the same time, the Yasmani Grandal there doesn't feel like a gift. It feels earned because the guy takes long at bats. He works counts and he gets the job done. And that's important right here because if nobody else is able to put the bat on the ball, which they weren't in order to get the, the, the runs across the plate, you've got Yasmani Grandal in the middle of that lineup doing exactly what he's there to do. And that's get on base in these situations. And Johnny, that really sets the tone because Oakland comes out in the first inning and scores a run too. Uh, you go down one nothing in this ball game. I really think that that was a, a very huge inning for the White Sox to get one run across the plate. I, I don't want that to be understated here. Right. No, I agree 100%. I guess it's just more uh, playing at my – it wasn't very opportunistic if, after the Grandal walk. Um, so the, I'll leave it at that, though. I agree. Very important to get that run because, as you mentioned, Oakland would tie it up at one in their half of the first inning uh, thanks to a Matt. Olsen sack fly uh, and that would be all for the scoring uh, until the fifth inning that I had talked about a little bit earlier when Eloy Jimenez got it going uh, with a leadoff single uh, Grandal singles a little bit of hit off of Andrews and then your guy Gavin Sheets your pick the click tonight your <laughs> eternal pick the click it seems like but hey uh, you know getting the job done first hit off a lefty here I believe uh, because the uh, Oakland A's had gone to the bullpen uh, early in this one as well Actually, earlier than the White Sox did. Um, so, yes, Gavin Sheets getting it done there. Uh, Larry Garcia single. And then Cesar Hernandez, Southside Cesar, two RBI single. Uh, that would extend the White Sox lead to 4-1. Robert grounded out to end uh, this inning, a double play ball there. Uh, but, hey, uh, good things here from Gavin Sheets. Obviously, all those guys that talked about getting hits in that inning. Southside Cesar hitting the ball hard again, too. Uh, would you like from this frame here? I loved everything about this frame, Johnny, because I think that this just uh, goes to the, you know, the bottom of this White Sox order is still so dangerous. And they they prove it to you right here. Gavin Sheets, uh, Cesar Hernandez, who you've seen in the two spot, uh, has been somewhat relegated down to the bottom of the order. I know that he's taken a lot of flack in White Sox Twitter land amongst White Sox fans, um, you know, just for not being as productive as he was in the beginning of this year, Johnny. I don't think that that's something that we can even argue, but he, he's a professional hitter, man. He, he can still get the job done. Uh, obviously, the home run numbers speak for themselves this year. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He can get the job done uh, in multiple ways. He's got some speed. I think he's a perfect number nine hitter for this lineup, able to get the job done there. Like I said, Gavin Sheets, my eternal pick to click. I just love it every single time this guy is, you know, up to bat in a key situation. It's not going to pan out every single time. It's just not. It's not going to for anybody. But Gavin Sheets, I feel like, gives you quality at bats. Um, and, again, in this situation here, able to uh, – you know, add some runs to the White Sox uh, total for tonight and really kind of broke the game open for them. So, you know, it's bottom of the order stuff. It's role player stuff. 
uh, that's getting the job done for this offense here versus the top of the lineup. Um, and it, it, it just lends itself well uh, for an offense that, you know, can go cold at times when you see that type of production from the bottom here uh, in a game that you already had concerns about your starter. I think that that is something that goes just such a long way in getting wins like you saw tonight. Yeah, right. You, you kind of broke it down from a uh, importance within this game standpoint. I agree 100% uh, with everything that you said there. Uh, but my big takeaway from this, um, obviously, nice to get Cesar Hernandez going here. But Gavin Cheats, if he can start to hit left-handers, that makes him a much more, first of all, rosterable option because that still, I guess, is something that is being played for uh, at this point in time. And then second of all, makes him more just dynamic hitter, makes him a more dynamic threat because before, uh, let's be honest, it was only against right-handed uh, pitchers. Hey, you know, I don't, I don't do any Gavin Sheets slander. And I was trying to stay away from, you know, the whole Gavin Sheets thing. But, you know, you saw Buzz tweet, you know, every time he gets a hit of another Budweiser shows up in my fridge, probably in my hands too, (laughs) just magically. Uh, I I love everything about his swing. I think that he can hit lefties, righties, anybody he wants to. Um, I'm going to go completely biased, Johnny. Like Gavin Sheets might be my favorite player to play a professional sport since Marion Hosa, and I expect big things out of him. So I don't, I don't like the slander. I want to stay cautiously optimistic about everything uh, going on with him and his career going forward. But I, I just think that there's something special there with him, Johnny. I think that he's got, he's got such a sweet swing. The fundamentals look good. He takes, he takes a good approach at the plate. Um, he's going to strike out just like every other power hitter is. I want him to use left field a little bit more, but you saw today just able to get the job done in a situation where you wouldn't expect him to, I think is what you're trying to get to. Um, and yeah, that does make him more rosterable in, yeah, in the playoffs. I just want to point that out because first occurrence of it here uh, in this game tonight. So that, that's good to see first, uh, you know, and MLB first for Gavin Sheets. And then, uh, like I mentioned, uh, just growing as a player overall, obviously still very young, uh, only called up uh, in the middle of the summer here. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, like I said, working his way towards being that guy that, you, you know, Gordon had talked about a little bit on the broadcast, being that guy off the bench uh, that you want to bring up uh, in a situation there. Love it. Whatever Kevin Sheets gets a Budweiser endorsement, I'm here for it. Thank you, Rahul, on YouTube. Excellent comment there. Um, let's move on a little bit uh, into this one here. Uh, we go to bullpen a little bit with the White Sox. Uh, as I mentioned, Jimmy Lambert going five. Crochet, nice inning for him. One, two, three. Ryan Tapera in the seventh inning. I uh, walked the first guy, but got a strikeout, induced a ground ball double play uh, to end that seventh inning there. Uh, and then uh, White Sox would strike in the top of the eighth. Uh, Moncada, this starts two outs, Tony. This is great. I put this in here. You know, Moncada, two out double, starts this thing off, rope off the wall in left center. Jose Abreu walks after that. Runners advance on a wild pitch. Then Brian Goodwin, shattered bat. You know, entering this game late, didn't start tonight. Came in for Eloy Jimenez after the knee bruise. Uh, Brian Goodwin shatters a bat, goes to right field. Both runs score. Uh, that makes it 6-1. to one. Good guys here. Uh, and this would prove to be pretty important in this game, Tone. It absolutely does, Johnny, because, um, you know, I, I just want to go back before we talk about the importance of it. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, a uh, you know the Tony Larusa magic of the the switch or whatever. Um, Goodwin gets the job done here, and I just think that it's so cool on this team. You see stuff like this happen. 
because this is not the first instance of it where a guy comes into a game and, and, you know, people can question it. There's no doubt in your mind as a White Sox fan, Johnny, you would rather have Eloy Jimenez up there. But for some reason, it's Brian Goodwin. Whether that be an injury, whether that be whatever, Goodwin's there to get the job done tonight for this White Sox uh, ball club. And broken bat on this too, Johnny. Just able to get the job done. I fucking loved it. And I've I've been a guy who's been on the I don't really want to see much Goodwin mm-hmm. here late. I don't know about you. Again, rather have Eloy Jimenez, but he's there in the situation where he comes through. And for as much as we talk about, you know, early on in the game getting getting more runs, maybe you didn't need him here, but hey, he, he showed up in the clutch plenty of times this year for this White Sox ball club. And those are just things you love to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if we're going into a little bit of the magic here, it's been a while since you said this, Tony, but this team has it in this. Yes. Is another example of it. I love it. I love being able to bring that back because we talked about that a lot, obviously uh, tested early with injuries uh, all across the board, pitching position players, star players, you name it. Uh, White Sox had injuries there uh, and pretty much every position group except the starting rotation early in the season. Uh, and that is Until where we, now. Yeah. Yes, but then that is where uh, we saw all these players step up, and that's where we kind of started talking about this. It's like who would have expected this group of guys that are filling in replacements? Let's be honest. Brian Gooden wasn't on the team to start the year. Like, you know, these are guys that are filling in their replacements. They're brought in because the team had a need uh, and they step up in big situations like this. Um, It just gives you so much more peace of mind being up 6-1 there uh, instead of 4-1 because the A's would strike back in their half of the eighth. Ryan Burr comes in uh, after you have that lead. I guess that kind of flexes Tony La Russa. I would imagine if it's still 4-1, you're going straight to Kimbrell there. But Ryan Burr comes in, uh, gets such up a little bit here. Gomes leads off with the single. Andrew fouls it up with one of his own. but that would bring, uh, excuse me, that would bring because uh, Robert with a little bit of a misplay out there, uh, an error that allows uh, going around uh, and cross the plate, make it six to two, uh, and then Pinder would ground out, and that is where Tony Lewis would pull the plug uh, on Ryan Burr and go to Craig Kimbrell uh, when he came in. Starling Marte, I uh, just sometimes you got to tip your cap to another player who's a star player on the other team, and the, obviously the A's went out and got this guy, uh, Starling Marte, at the deadline. He's been great stealing bases for them, delivers an RBI single here, run charge to Ryan Burr, obviously his runner on base there. Um, Steals second and advances the third on a throwing error, but Dirty Craig locks it down with a pop out and a strikeout to end the inning there. So that would be the end of the threats here. Liam comes in, locks it down uh, to close this game out here. Um, overall, Tony, uh, one of my last takeaways from the back stretch of this game, bullpen, pretty damn solid overall uh, outside of Ryan Burr. And even Ryan Burr wasn't terrible, obviously worse out of comparatively. Uh, when you're looking at these names here tonight. But I feel like there's other situations where things have gotten way, way more out of hand much quicker. Um, and he's still able to get out after allowing some of those singles there. So even with him, uh, not the end of the world there, given the circumstance in the game there. Uh, and Craig Kimbrell, uh, obviously able to clean it up there. And Liam uh, against his former team. Love to see that, man. Yeah, I love seeing Liam against a former team. I could have done without the uh, NBC Sports cuts of – uh, Liam Hendricks, you know, kind of doing in the White Sox a little bit in 2020. Johnny, I don't know about you. And then we had the Jason Benetti remarks about uh, Nomar Mazzara kind of left me with an uncomfortable feeling. Um, 
just personally. I don't know how you feel about it. It's like flashbacks to that series at the end of September and early October last year. PTSD. It's just PTSD of, of, you know, bad White Sox endings. And you you don't like that. But obviously the White Sox come away with this. Liam Hendricks, there's nobody else that you want to give the ball to in the ninth inning in Oakland to kind of just shove it down their throats. I think that that was – Awesome to see him come out here and finish this game. Uh, I think that that's a huge confidence booster. I know, obviously, like it doesn't really mean anything uh, more than, you know, just some extra revenge for Liam Hendricks and for us sitting here talking about it because it's just another ball game to those guys. Maybe Liam cares about it. Maybe he doesn't. But Johnny, overall, um, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the Ryan Burr thing coming in. It kind of forced Tony's hand to go to somebody outside of uh, Craig Kimbrell if we're back up here just a little bit. I mean, it, it, you would have liked to see them hold that lead, uh, and, and Burr's been great, but this just lends back to some of the, the little nitpick issues that we've had with the bullpen over and over oh, yeah. again. I'm just saying comparatively, um, technically he was the worst tonight when you go and look at the numbers. Yeah. He's the only one that got touched out of the pen. So yeah, I mean, obviously you would have rather, you know, gone through this and not had to go into a save situation for Liam Hendricks at all. Uh, but you know, we we can sit back here and argue and play devil's advocate too that it you know lended better to Liam Hendricks and his mentality if you yeah. want to go there too. Yeah. Baseball is a weird sport. Um, We've seen some things implode. I'm I'm happy that Liam Hendricks was dialed in tonight because I think that we would be having a totally different conversation if uh, Hendricks comes in with a five-run lead and gives up two bombs and still gets the job done. I'm not saying I'd rather it be Ryan Bird that uh, made it a little bit closer, Uh, but I still feel like the White Sox got in and out of this one with a pretty decent – uh, win and, and, and margin, so to speak. And, uh, we're able to, uh, pitch the guys in, you know, some situations that may be a little bit more high pressure and get things done. Yeah, right. No, absolutely. Uh, overall performance wise, I honestly don't have too, too much to complain about early on. Looked like it was going to be a leave a lot of runners on base, but they rectified those issues in game, which I like to see. That's adjustments. That's uh, also just being clutch, opportunistic, getting the job done. Uh, they figured it out come the fifth inning. Uh, obviously, you know, pitching change for Oakland. You take advantage of that. Hey, competitive advantages within a game. Uh, love it. Uh, that's some uh, good, you know, uh, just signs of a winning ball club. So uh, I'd like to see that. I love overall getting back on the winning train, Tony. Uh, yes. Sunday was just such a meh. Blech game. I don't even know how else to describe it. Uh, so good to be back in the wind column. Obviously, we had to wait a day uh, with the off day here, but I think the off days at this point uh, will only do this team well here. So um, that is, you know, just a good sign going forward here. And obviously, we got two more uh, against these Oakland Athletics. So, uh, if, final thoughts from this game, and then we can move on to uh, the pre Thursday. Yeah, on Wednesday night. Yeah, Johnny, I mean, final thoughts from this one. Uh, I think this was a good all-around team win. Uh, There's been a lot of narratives about this team not able to, uh, you know, put up offensive numbers without Tim Anderson in the lineup. Uh, You know, uh, just narratives about the starting pitching that, you know, even you and I have played into when it comes to, uh, you know, you're down Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon right now. You're using a spot start in Jimmy Lambert. Uh, I talked about it on Sunday with Buzz when we were doing the show. 
Um, this is going to be a tough stretch of baseball for this for this team. This is probably the last big hump you need to get over uh, on your way to the playoffs. And you know you're what magic number fifteen right now. Um, I mean, don't blow it, don't blow it at all. And and the only the only spot on the schedule I saw where they could potentially make anything close was this one. And to start it out with a victory, Johnny, I think is so important, especially in a game where you look at on paper. And I didn't look at the odds before this from a betting standpoint. But I would imagine coming into this game just thinking with Jimmy Lambert on the mound, uh, the Sox probably weren't favored as heavily as they they could be in a game where you would normally have one of your top three starters going in. So I think for this one, you you, kind of stole it in, in a way where you weren't producing your A squad at all tonight. You come out there against a good ball club, you win a ball game to start the series, kind of sets the tone, and, and you continue on from here. Obviously, we'll have to see how they show up tomorrow night, but I think that this lends well overall from the standpoint of the bats looked like they were clicking a little bit. Um, your bullpen A squad got the job done, and uh, hey, we're drinking victory beers, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be real quick with mine. Uh, comment from George again. Uh, thanks for tuning in, George, on YouTube here. Says, love seeing the Sox score six runs without any homers. Huge improvement. Yes, I like that because home runs are not always going to be there. But I, what I really liked about this was the White Sox, uh, even though they were not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, they were still hitting the ball very hard. Uh, you saw some Luis Robert hits that were very hard. Uh, Cesar Hernandez smoked the ball tonight. Yoan Mankata, uh seems like he always does. Uh, maybe exit Velo a little bit down uh, compared to like 2019, but Tonight, uh, he was back hitting the ball harder, rope off the wall. So nice to see that uh, in the White Sox category there. On the flip side, these Oakland A's are chasing a wild card spot here. I love fucking burying them. They, they caused me so much pain in my childhood. Uh, you know, so, so many nights uh, that, that uh, I was uh, just restless, uh, annoyed, agitated the next morning because I stayed up late uh, and I wasn't in a good mood because the White Sox would lose there. So um, I like kicking uh, them when they're down a little bit there, too. Um, you know, uh, they, like I said, they're chasing that thing. It's funny to think that the Mariners are almost a more like favorable team uh, when you talk about national perception uh, as of right now, as of who has a chance uh, in the this wild card spot. So uh, Oakland A's always seem to be annoying and it is nice to beat them. Let's go and do it again uh, on Wednesday night here. I'm right there with you. Let's hear Wednesday night's matchup. Let's do it. Uh, For Wednesday night's matchup, we have got Dallas Keuchel on the mound for our White Sox and Frankie Montes for the A's. Montes is 11 and 9, 368 ERA, 174 Ks on the year. Dallas Keuchel, we all know, struggles as of late, been rough. That ERA has ballooned to Above five now, five two two, uh, eighty four strikeouts only on the year. We know he's not a strikeout pitcher here, Tony. Uh, this guy has looked lost, absolutely lost against Kansas City Royals in his previous start and the one before that against Chicago Cubs. I don't know what else to say except Dallas needs to nut up and he needs to find location, 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 location with that cutter, that sinker. Um, you just absolutely have to have it, and if you don't, you're going to get hit hard, and this game won't even be worth turning tuning into uh, if he's starting to get hard, hit hard early. Yeah, you know what I think for for Dallas Keuchel in this one, um, you know I said this before his last start. It's it's time for him to prove it because you're going through this turn in the rotation, Johnny, and there's not much else to look forward to. And if there's one guy that should motivate Dallas Keuchel, 
to uh, to go out here tomorrow and throw a great game. It's what you saw from Jimmy Lambert today. Um, you know, here's a kid that's called up. He's been beat around just the same way Dallas Keuchel has in, in some of his appearances and was able to go out there and, and throw a good ball game. Um, I don't know what it is for Dallas right now. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if he's, you know, struggling with something, tipping something, uh, that people are just all over him. But uh, from the standpoint of what you want to see out of Dallas Keuchel is a guy that's going to throw ground balls, let the defense work. Don't go and try and be overpowering. Uh, don't try and work too hard. Just throw your pitches and, and let the defense work is what I want to see. Uh, you know, he's going to give up some fly balls. People are going to be upset about it. I'm going to be upset about it, but that's okay. Um, just, you know, I'm looking for six innings under three runs and let the offense continue to do what it did today. But don't get yourself in trouble and start walking guys early and drive that pitch count yeah. up. Just if, if I think for Dallas, if, if he's struggling early, just try and throw strikes. If they're hitting the ball hard, they're hitting the ball hard. Hopefully it's at somebody. But you've got to go back to what works for you. And for him, that's letting the defense work behind him. Um, so, you know, I just don't want to see him getting behind in counts and trying to overcompensate with trying to get guys out on his own. Um, yeah, I think he's done a little bit too much of that of late and, and that, you know, you're sitting in the third inning with 50 plus pitches and it just doesn't look good and it doesn't bode well for the bullpen. You had the bullpen a little bit taxed today because you had Jimmy Lambert going. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, just air a few out into the zone, let guys make contact and, and, and hope the defense for, for his own sake is positioned well enough to make the plays, Johnny. I don't know what else to say, but yeah. he's not going to overpower anybody. Yeah, to, to your point, we haven't gotten too feisty yet here on Sox on Tampa after dark. I feel like, uh, you know, we, we're usually pretty prone to this because, you know, we're already feeling good when the game starts. And then obviously it's powering through here, uh, through the game and then into the post game. But uh, Dallas Keigel, you don't have Nick Madrigal to fuck it up behind you at Oakland at second base anymore, uh, like he did in the playoffs for you last year. So, um, you know, you got Cesar Hernandez, a gold glover out there. Um, so, you know, let him hit it. It'll just, you know. Put that confidence in the back of your mind. And uh, also just location, location, location. If your last two starts, watching film, watching uh, your delivery and any of that taught you anything so that, you know, he knows that he's not overpowering anyone. Just location, location, location with that cutter, baby. Um, you know, you, you've got to hit your spots. That is the, I just hope he was, mm-hmm. you know, Hope he had a fucking board and was throwing goddamn paintballs at it. You know, we're covering the baseball and, uh, you know, with the, the little stamp on it, hitting your spot because that's, that's how you're going to get outs. And then, you know, they're going to hit it still. But like you said, use that defense. Saw Jamie Lambert use that defense going and attacking hitters tonight. Obviously throws a little bit harder, but uh, that's key. Location, 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 trusted defense, and the weak league squad. So that's it. Hey, I mean, if, if, if you know, I played a few games of darts against you, Johnny. I feel like you would take Dallas Keuchel on in the game of darts right now. And feel more confident about hitting your spots. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. That that's where I'm at with him. He's he's got to throw darts. He's got to be able to locate everything, and uh, you know, it, it, in the zone is going to work for him. He's not the kind of guy that's going to go put anybody away. If you're betting the uh, over under on his strikeout totals, um, <laughs> whatever. You know, and, and Vegas makes it hard because I've never seen any lines. It's like over under four strikeouts like for somebody. Half. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> come on now. Like, you know you're not going to do that, and you see him go out there and just try and, you know, waste pitches on guys. 
it, the yeah. the location, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, said, yeah. is the is the thing. Yeah, it, it, it's the end all be all for a guy like Dallas Keuchel. Uh, you can get away with it. Some other guys that throw harder, but it's just the story of him. We know it. Um, and I like, like how I, you set his line at two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> just being realistic here, Tony. Um, all right, let's get into some picks to click before we wrap this thing up. We got. Well, I mean, you know, Johnny, uh, Gavin Sheets has been my guy since he came into the major leagues and, and just was an absolute uh, stud, for lack of a better term. So if he's in the lineup, I'm going to go with Gavin Sheets. If he's not, I'm going to go with the guy who got it done on offense and defense today. That's Jose Abreu. Um, he's my contingency pick because we'll have to see what Tony LaRusso throws out there tomorrow. I'd, I'd expect Gavin Sheets in there, but I think – one thing that I want to get at with, with Jose Abreu today, some excellent defensive work, some some decent right. at-bats yeah. that he had. Uh, I think that he's prone for a big series breakout, um, so I'll, I'll throw the contingency on, on Jose. All right, I like that uh, guy who hit the ball hard tonight. Uh, you know, I've been a, a little bit of affinity for this guy, uh, Southside Cesar, Mr. Hernandez, a uh, very professional player in my opinion um i like this guy i like what i'm starting to see from him uh even if it didn't result completely in what you want uh, that's a you know a big spot there driving in a pair of runs uh that should get the confidence back up uh but overall uh, i still have a soft spot in my heart for mr cesar hernandez so he will be my pick to click for this um tony last kind of thing here uh the little like rants and uh you know whatever to close this thing out since it is socks on tap after dark uh get, get a little feisty here uh young gomes watch yourself watch yourself behind the plate you're throwing down a second base and you're hitting Lori garcia in the fucking hand um don't do that don't you, i'm sorry you the catchers pitchers no one's exempt you're not allowed to hit larry garcia in my book here i was waiting for you to say this the entire night the entire show um and i think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention just for one time the night that larry garcia had it was excellent he was all over the place he was doing things baseball things it was great i loved it you loved it I was mad. I was I was mad at the TV when I saw him get hit, Johnny. I know that you had some type of emotion there. Um, I know you just kind of gave your, your your piece on this, but like level of mad that you were when you saw Larry Garcia get hit. Yeah, so um, I, I definitely physically got up in the chair. Like you know, you, you stand up like for certain things and usually it's like a big like bomb or something but like even this it's like you know top of the ninth or you see it getting out single and then stealing second base throw comes down it's a little bit off to the right um i was heated man i, I was not not too happy about that um and it goes back to uh scott f frost for the cubs uh hitting him granted that was a you know a, a plate appearance there uh I, I just don't like to see it because a all the injuries that we've had this year uh and second of all it's my guy i'm gonna go to war uh, for Larry Garcia, so th- that's it. Yeah, I-, I was I was a little bit miffed there, but uh, I was able to calm down because um, you know Liam Hendricks locked it down, kind of brought the heart rate down. N- n- no theatrics there. Uh, in the end, I think I might have been a little bit more feisty, fired up at the beginning of the show uh, when uh, we came on. If that were not the case, there's a little bit more drama in the ninth. But uh, thanks to it's weird to say Liam Hendricks helping calm me down. That's most odd thing, but that's what you get socks on tap after dark. There you go. I love it. When Liam Hendricks is calming you down, you know it's after 1 a.m. 
Yeah. And we're talking on Socks and Tap. Perfect, Johnny. I, I love it. I think the Sox are going to go out and get a victory tomorrow. Um, it might That's, be in despite of Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's Diamond Dallas. I'd recommend, um, you know, uh, this, this is, I guess, one, one last thing. Since since we're going here, we're already, it's already 1.10 a.m. here, Central Time, as we're recording this. So why not go a little bit longer? Um, it's easy to just go, and obviously we've already given our, our take on the field, what Dallas needs to do uh, from a pitch mechanics and, uh, you know, sort of execution standpoint location. We've already exhausted all that. Let's talk external factors here at Dallas Keuchel. Um, I, when he walks out, um, Tony, his walkout song is super chill. I don't know if that's good. You know, I would probably prefer something that is, like, really, like, I know they're not home tomorrow, but just overall here. Um, it, it, I'll get back. ZZ Top. Yeah, I would go with that. But either way, Dallas Keuchel, he doesn't have it. It's I Am by Rock Mafia, but I have listened to it. Now, whenever I hear it in the stadium, it's a nice, like, reggae jam. I enjoy it. So I would recommend, you need to calm down. If you're getting yourself worked up over Dallas Keuchel starts, you may not like it as soon as it starts, but don't subject yourself to getting all, like, worked up between, like, you know, it's 8.40 p.m. start uh, central time here. Don't get yourself worked up between, like, 7 and 8.30 like calm down, listen to some like chill music. Dallas Keuchel does like get yourself like mellowed out. And then you can let that rage explode then, you know, after that, or maybe it won't be as bad, you know, because you're chilled out. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you trying to tell everybody to like get a vibe check before Dallas Keuchel starts? Because yeah. You need to be I calmed mean, down. Calm, calm yourself down. You can do it by using his walk it walk in song. So it is, I will say that that's one thing that I will guess, you know, since there's not much positive to talk about with him lately. I dig it. I think it's chill. It's cool. I like the song. You know, I'm just not a fan of pitchers who come into chill songs. It wouldn't be my forte. But that's what he's picked. And I've heard, you know, the thing is, though, I've heard at the rate, I think, it, you know, we, we've talked about like songs that hit different at like the United Center, like a who song that might be a little bit lighter but it hits different at the rate. I think it's the bass that, that like boosts it. So if you got some bass boost headphones or some speakers, some extra bass, kick that thing on. I think you'll so enjoy it. Now we're like way off base because you've got me thinking about the Blackhawks intro and the bass that they apply to it. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. What is it? The, the, the who? Um, it's love rain. I, over I can't me, think of it. Yeah, yes. Love rain over me. The, the version at the United center is completely different than what you get when you listen to that on Spotify. Yeah. Does Dallas Keuchel need like an enhanced version of his walk-in song to make it more badass? Is that the problem? Yeah, maybe that that might be the problem here, but I just wanted to bring that up because it's been tough to find much talk about regarding Dallas Keuchel. That isn't well, he shit the bed again today. So hopefully that's not the case tomorrow, but I'm just trying to fix him. I'm just trying to fix him. Yeah. We're we're doing anything we can to fix him here, but Tony, other than that, I I don't really have anything, but we'll be back with socks on tap after dark again tomorrow. Um, on you know uh, Wednesday night. It's funny saying this, looking at the fucking clock here at the corner of my computer, and it's already Wednesday, uh, one thirteen a.m. Uh, as we're finishing this one up here. But uh, we'll be back at it again. So technically, it'll be late Thursday by the time we're finishing up this show uh, tomorrow after Game Two of the series. But um, other than that, give, give me a final thought from this one. There's got to be something. One last takeaway that you got from this, then we'll get the fuck out of here. One last takeaway. It's great to fucking win in Oakland. 
That's it. That's it's great to fucking win in Oakland. Go do plain, it again tomorrow. Plain, plain and simple. Yeah, plain simple. I'll second that. Uh, it's outside Cesar. Uh, starting to get hot. Let's go. It's happening. That's all I got. You ready to close it down, buddy? Let's do it. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.